Now, to show our gratitude, we're not going to be like the other guys and jerk you around and bullshit you. We're going to tell you the truth. Shane Douglas is the man who ignites the new flame of the sport of professional wrestling. The era of the franchise. The era of the ECW. And the franchise, Shane Douglas. Well, you want the lowdown on professional wrestling, get it right here at this podcast, Extreme Three-Way Dance. Connection Podcast Network listeners, welcome to the most extreme menage a trois of violence you'll ever experience. The No So Extreme Three Way Dance Podcast. I am JT. As you can see, I am joined by Matt and Jenny. How are you guys doing? So extreme in the new year. Mm. You can see me. My God. Real. That's, that's what I look like? Fuck. I thought you were fucking. Like Peter Griffin was in 3D or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. Uh, good to be here, uh, live and in living color. So if you're listening to us, be sure to check out uh, our social media feeds, etc. Or NorthSouthConnection.com uh, to link over to our YouTube page if you want to watch this in video form instead. You can see us talking to you. Uh, if you prefer to listen to or watch podcasts that way, you can do that now. Pretty neat, huh? Mm. Super neat. Pretty so cool. excited. Super cool. Get the ECW shirt, Jenny. Hardcore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I gotta get some more ECW shirts, I guess. If we're gonna yeah, go. gotta get some Mark shirts. Macho mm-hmm. Man's not gonna cut it. <laughs> uh, all right, on this show here, we are going through the history of ECW. We started in February 1994. We've made our way all the way to the fall of 1997. So we are cruising on along. We got four episodes of TV here tonight we're gonna cover, starting with September 16th, 1997. Fire us up. Shane Douglas is backstage. He's gushing over Francine. Says even Rick Rude does his dirty work just for one night with her. And he has the proof that he's ECW world champion. The belt and the girl are his. He's the master of wrestling destiny. And he is the franchise. So, Matt, any quick thoughts on this opener? Yeah, I mean, it makes sense to have Shane kick off the episode. He is the, he is the world champion after all. I mean, he didn't say much of anything, but it's, yeah. it's Shane Douglas. Anything he says at, at this point is pretty much going to hit. So. I mean, he's not wrong. He's got the gold. He's got the girl. He's on top of the world. Rick Rude does his dirty work. I don't know. He's living his best life right now. Mm-hmm. Dirty work. 
Opening animation, Joey's in in the nest. He sets up the night ahead. He talks about Funk's, Terry Funk's final match this past weekend in Amarillo at Funk's WrestleFest. Of course, that is an infamous event. Sure uh, is. Featuring the one and only Dennis Stamp as a referee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Immortalized on Beyond the Map. <laughs> uh, the ECW roster was there. They all honored him in the ring with his family. Paul Heyman grabbed the mic and paid tribute to the legend and what he and his family did for wrestling. Tommy Dreamer was there. He handed Funk an honorary ECW world title. And Paul declares him the lifetime ECW world champion. Uh, this took place on 9-11, which I always find to be funny. Mm. Uh, pretty cool moment. Of course, Bret Hart uh, fought Terry Funk on that show. Mm-hmm. Stamp was the ref. Uh, but it featured a lot of ECW competitors. And Funk would remain retired for all of, what, three months? I think he's on Raw <laughs> in, like, like December. That. I know yeah. that. Yep. Um, and he returns as Chainsaw Charlie. <laughs> the end of just oh, I hope he enjoyed his 90 days of retirement. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they do a big, big show in Dog and Pony Show, and he's there. He, he is gone from ECW, though. I don't think we see him again there, at least. So. No. He goes to well, WF straight to WCW, I think. Well, not straight, but I don't I don't think he comes back here between. I don't think he has another match. That I could say for sure. But right. he, he may pop in every now and then. I'm not 100% sure. I don't remember when he when does he show up in WCW. Because he's only in WF until like mid to late 98. I think Fully Loaded is like his last show. I want to um, say, I, I don't think he's in WCW again until like 2000. Okay, yeah. So maybe he does pop back in. Because he uh, does have that year and a half. I guess we'll see. All right, let's head right to the ring as we have the match that was set up last week, and that is John Cronus taking on Big Dick Dudley. The champs are in the ring with Joel Gertner doing his thing. Introduced to the Dudleys as Big Dick is set for this challenge. We clip ahead to Dick mauling Cronus with strikes and a big suplex. We clip again as Cronus shoves Dick into a chair that Devon is holding. Cronus goes up and hits a 450 splash and picks up the win. All three Dudleys get in the ring and beat up Cronus until New Jack comes out, makes a save with a bucket of weapons to a pop. Really, this was just highlights. Uh, the story's all the post-match. It looks like Cronus and New Jack may have found love in a hopeless place uh, here in this opener. So I went no no rating. This is not really a match. More of a segment. But uh, what do you think of this marriage between Cronus and New Jack, Jenny? I, I don't hate it. Um, it, it. Why not? I mean, you got the remnants of these two dominant teams and yep. um, their buddies left them. So just put them together they had the same kind of garbage style and mm-hmm. um i don't know seems like a good match um joel's definitely on his fucking bullshit <laughs> with some of the stuff that he pulled out of his ass uh introducing himself as the skinless banana in your tropical <laughs> fruit salad of love good god um and also made a dig at the referee calling him a dirty old man who made a pass <laughs> at me backstage uh just what the hell? <laughs> Joel just attacking this guy. Did he learn nothing? Did nothing. he learn he nothing? Learned nothing. No. Sure. Fucking dumbass. I didn't rate it either, but it was, it was kind of fun, Matt. Yeah, I, I didn't rate it either. Uh, I, I like that they are still pushing Cronus, even though his boy Saturn left. Like They easily could have forgotten about him, so I'm glad they're doing something mm-hmm. with him. I, I think him and New Jack could be really fun, a really mm-hmm. fun tag team. It's like, you know, so we'll, we'll see where that goes. But uh, yeah, the match was nothing. Uh, the, the highlight of the match for me was the powder guitar shot to Devon. I will always <laughs> pop for that. So, But yeah, I, I didn't rate it. Either. All right, so we'll see where this leads. Uh, with Cronus and, and New Jack, if they stick together going far, I think it makes sense too. Because neither guy, Crojack, really gonna... <laughs> yes, oh. better. Go neither ahead. guy is really going to probably do much as a solo act. They need tag teams, we know that, mm-hmm. right? I mean, if the gangsters and eliminators are done, I mean, who's left really? The Dudleys and the FBI, and 
rotten balls. I mean, that's it, right? So, balls. right? Oh my god, how did I not think of rotten? We balls. don't have much else going on, so. Um, all right, Joey talks about the unlikely union in Jack and Cronus. He calls Cronus the better half of the Eliminators, and says <laughs> that was rough. I was like, yeah, sure. dig right there. Come yep. on, man. He says they'll be challenging for the tag team titles, and sets up our next match as Chris Candido takes on the debuting Jerry Lynn. So another new addition here, late mm-hmm. in '97. Lynn makes his debut. Joey rips WCW because they made Jerry Lynn wrestle as Mr. JL under a mask. Compares him to Chris Candido, who was also a victim of corporate wrestling. Candido has Bam Bam Bigelow and Francine with him. We ease into a lockup. We trade arm control into a stalemate. Trade off some more mat work and a quick flurry by Lynn into a victory roll for two and a drop kick to send Candido to the floor. Bigelow and Francine console Candido. He regroups and heads back inside. Candido gets a victory roll for two, tries another one, but Lynn pancakes him, gets a tilt the world head scissors. Candido goes out, and Lynn flies into him with a plancha. Lynn buries Bigelow with a baseball side. He hits Candido with one as well. He tries a Pescado to Bigelow, but he gets caught and thrown into the post. Francine rakes his eyes. Joey knows that Lynn made Bigelow a factor, and now it cost him. Candido slings him back in the ring, works through some strikes, and it's a nice suplex. But Lynn blocks a second one and counters with his own. Candido slip, slams Lynn and hammers away, goes to a chin lock, puts Lynn on the top rope. Lynn blocks a Rana, comes off of that sunset flip for two. Candido comes back with an Enziguri for two, goes back to a chin lock. Lynn ducks a charge, flips Candido to the apron. Candido hoists him to the floor. Lynn trips him up, shoots him into the stage. They head back onto the stage, but Lynn shoves Candido down, barrels into him with a somersault plancha. Bigelow meets Lynn with a big body block. We reset the ring as Candido powerbombs him, heads up top, but misses a swan dive. Lynn comes back with a back elbow, starts to heat up with a series of quick strikes. Lynn gets a top rope Rana for two, but gets shoved off the ropes when he tries another one. Candido comes off the top, but Lynn catches him with a powerbomb for two. Lynn misses a charge and bounces off the corner. Candido loads him up and hits a double underhook superplex for the win. Uh, really fun match. I thought both guys delivered as expected. It worked well with some good strikes mixed in with some aerial attack. Bigelow also interfered the right amount, didn't dominate the bout. Candido keeps rolling. Lynn is a great addition if he sticks around to fill out the depth here uh, and give us some matches like this as a as a great use of him. So Matt, I went three and a quarter. I thought I thought it was a really good match. Yeah, uh, I actually went three and a half on this. I thought this was fantastic. I mean, Lynn is such a huge boost to this roster right now. Like they kind of needed another guy like this who can go with Candido and just do their thing. And I, I thought this was really well done. There was a lot of great moves in this, uh, you know, when they're uh, they're flying off the stage. And like you said, the Bam Bam interference was kept to a minimum. So that was really well done. And I mm-hmm. thought the finish was fantastic looking. That under underhook suplex was, uh, yeah. was fantastic. So it shows you that Candido, uh, while no longer on the blow at this point, I mean, I'm assuming he was on at <laughs> least a little bit just to kind of, you know, he, he take the edge off. But he wasn't on as much blow as he was last week because he wouldn't have been able to function. So, uh, yeah, three and a half for me. Like, give these two guys, like, 20 on a pay-per-view or in the ECW arena. I think it would be fantastic. So, yeah, Lynn's debut could not have gone any better. So, three and a half for me. Dude, this match was really good. Like, it is it is so weird to go from a Candido just fueled by cocaine uh, and being insane to just the like he is so focused in this like you don't get any of that weird mm-hmm. manic stuff like none of that yeah. comes across in in this wrestling like he buckles down and they fucking go mm-hmm. in this match i love jerry lynn uh, a side effect of my tna watching is my love of, of jerry lynn 
He has an unfortunate haircut and color that looks exactly like Shane Douglas. Um, <laughs> I'm hoping that if he stays around, they fix that pretty fucking quick. Because it's bad enough when just the one guy has that haircut going on. He even wears yellow, too. Like, no, dude. You have, you have to switch that up. But this was excellent. This was really good. He, mm-hmm. They go up on this little stage. And Lynn just hip tosses Candido just right off, just casually right off the stage. Uh, that looked so rough when he landed. Um, they're really well matched. Yeah. Lynn had no hesitation. There was no, I don't, I don't know what he had been doing before this, but he was not scared. He was not intimidated. Like he just, he is just a really, really fucking good wrestler. And I really like this match. I did three and a half as well. Yeah, and you can see we're, you know, kind of reloading on the workers, right? We mm-hmm. added Al Snow. Now we've added Jerry Lynn. So, like, we're trying to bolster up the, the mid card, the upper card of guys that can work and put these matches on, which has been a hallmark of ECW since the beginning, right? Whether yes. it was the Malenko and Guerrero run, Benoit, you know, into the Lucha guys. Like, we've always had kind of this crop of workers that could get in the ring and just go. <clears throat> so, we're we're back at it here. Uh, Fonzie and Sabu are backstage. Fonzie's ranting about Sabu beating Sandman at the ECW arena. In comes RVD. He tells Fonzie to calm down. He says, type A behavior can increase heart risk. Can you better take a Valium? RVD tells Fonzie to talk about him, but Fonzie says he's talking Sabu. RVD says all the fans are coming for a rare Saturday night appearance by him. And Sabu, too. Uh, usual great <laughs> shtick uh, from these guys. With RVD uh, always making it about himself and then apologizing kind of to Sabu, but then still making it about himself, so. <laughs> they just have the whole the whole act is down. Yeah. That. They just let Fonzie go a little too long in the yeah. beginning part of that. I was like, God damn it, I'm gonna turn this off. <laughs> Shut calm the down, fuck Fonzie, up. calm down. And when R V D came in to save, I'm like, thank God. He's uh, so, R V D is funny. He's yeah. so good at that smug shithead role. It's, yeah, it's fantastic. He <laughs> said I said some people like him too. <laughs> <laughs> Joey reveals that RVD and Fonzie are to be taking on Tommy Dreamer and Beulah this Saturday night at the yeah. arena. So that is a match right there. Mm-hmm. We get a highlight package from Michinoku Pro, and Joey says the great Sasuke is back in ECW for three nights in October, including October 18th at the ECW arena. So get your tickets as they go on sale this weekend. So this is pretty good hype for Sasuke's return. Joey hypes up this Saturday's card as well. See how uh, he does in his return. Taz is out in the parking lot. Says he and Dreamer have to show RVD and Sabu and Fonzie that while they kiss Vince and Bischoff's ass, they'll see what Extreme is all about, and he's going to choke them out. And that brings us to our next match, which is the one that was set a week ago, and that is Tommy Dreamer taking on Taz. Big-time match. Taz gets his wish. Tommy challenges him for the TV title. Pretty good buzz. They have their usual intense entrance. We get some stalling as Taz barks at fans into a lockup, trading a standing switch and arm holes until Taz breaks him down with a side headlock. Tommy comes back with a couple of throws and a drop kick to the back of the head. Taz bends him in half with a T-bone as Tommy bails out. Taz follows, hammers away, but Taz runs him to the post, smacks him with a chair. Back inside, Taz hits a northern light suplex for two. Tommy gets a sunset flip for two, but eats a hard clothesline. Tommy grabs a chair and whacks Taz and drops it, drops him on it with a leg, dro- a leg sweep. Taz comes back with a belly-to-belly, puts Tommy through a table with a T-bone, but Taz's head hits the table on the way down. Sabu and RVD come in and attack and ends the match. They wipe both guys out and parade with the banner until Sandman comes out, but he gets waxed as well. Taz eventually recovers, at least to Sandman, uh, to Sabu, I should say, hitting RVD with a chair by accident. Tommy hits Sabu with the Death Valley driver. 
You let Fonzie get in the ring. She kicks him in the nuts and DDTs Fonzie as we fade out. Now, this was fine. It was kind of basic until the finish, which made sense. They're really adding heat to the ECW arena to protect both guys. There wasn't a much, a lot behind it. Both guys always bring it. The post-match was good as well. And again, they're just really trying to hype, hype the arena match that we're going to see next week uh, or, you know, coming up at the taping uh, between these guys. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think they deliver much. I went with a standard two and a half TV grade for this. But again, I don't think that was ever the goal was to deliver much. It was for these fans in this setting, it was good. But all all eyes are going to be on the arena now for this tag match. Yeah, I mean, this is this is one of those matches where you kind of already knew how it was going to end. Like you kind of had a feeling RVD and Sabu were going to interfere at right. some point, and it was just a matter of how long were they going to let Dreamer and Taz do their thing before it happened. Like it's one of those cliched, you know, oh uh, the fans are watching the entrances type of matches. You know, like right. we all knew how this was going, but I I thought the stuff they did uh, before the interference was perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing outright spectacular but like i i thought the suplex through the table was really well done with you know complete with taz smacking the shit out of his head into the table i i thought that was really well done but yeah i mean and it was a pretty quick match too before the all the shenanigans happened so it was uh, perfectly fine for what it was so i went two and a half on it too was it wasn't this the big match that taz asked for mm-hmm. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Was it? This is where he was. Yeah, but this was more heat. RVD and Sabu broke it up and ruined it. Ruined what it was gonna. It was gonna. It was cooking, and then was it? Uh... Well, maybe for him. Um, I mean, they're doing this thing where they're do. Everybody gets these huge intros now, which I thought it was yeah. just because this is a title match, but it continues on. So, like, I don't know how I feel about that. It eats up a lot of time when you're watching these, like doing all right. these intros. Um, they're definitely trying to increase the spectacle. It feels like, yeah, yeah. like you're seeing, I, I think they're yeah. really trying to add, like you're seeing this live. We're going to make it worth your money. You're going to see some stars. You're going to get mm-hmm. the big entrances. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think they're trying to make it worth, you know, trying to get people out into these buildings. I definitely get it. Uh, it was, it was interesting to see Tommy sort of walk, Taz through this match because it definitely seemed like he was holding back a lot. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Tommy was, and um, that's why I never really felt like it was cooking up too much. That northern light suplex into a bridge is very gorgeous when Taz does it, though. Um, so I did the two and a half, um, and was expecting all the run in bullshit at the end. Uh, that DDT though, Bobula to Fonzie really popped me. Mm. All right, let's get to our awards then. Uh, best match, I think, was pretty easily Lynn and Candido. Yep. Yes. Worst match, Cronus and Dudley. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Best moment, I, I went with Funk's retirement. I mean, that was kind of cool, I guess, getting to see that. It was interesting because when I, the last, I guess, maybe the last time I watched um, that documentary, I didn't know any of the ECW guys, really. So right. it was a de- very different perspective when I saw the clip this time, and it, they all seemed very awkward. So it was beyond really beyond the be, beyond beyond the mat, we don't really right. ever see that footage. Like DDF doesn't ever really show it. Right. Yeah, it yeah. So it's it's cool it. to watch. It's yeah. a little it's a little awkward, but it's kind of funny. Right. <laughs> Would have meant more had the retirement stuck. But, mm-hmm. You know, well, that's my most nineties as well as Funk's retirement. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have anything different for that? No, that works. Okay. 
Uh, Rising on Cronus, Lynn, Candido, and Van Damme. Bula. Bula. Yeah, I would put Bula in there. Uh, Falling, I went with Big Dick. Mm. I hate it when the big dick falls. It's a bit flaccid. Yeah, Yeah, a little flaccid. Yeah. Yeah. Shrinking. Hard. Uh, final grade, I went six and a half out of ten. It was above average episode. Again, we're in this range right now. We haven't had that killer episode. We've been kind of between five and a half and six and a half for our last full, you know, hand few, uh, handful here. Uh, but th- this felt like on the better end of what we've seen lately. Yeah, if it, if it had been like maybe one more good match, I could maybe do the seven, but I'm going to do six and a half. Yeah, I, I went six and a half. Uh... Really, because of Candido Jerry Lynn. That was right. really good. Yeah. So. yeah. Okay, let's head uh, to our next episode. That is September 23rd, 1997. We open with a match, and that is Spike Dudley getting another shot against Bam Bam Bigelow. <laughs> we open with Bigelow and Spike in the ring. Joey says, This is the loudest the arena has ever been. Come on. Bigelow, that's high. It's pretty loud. Uh, Bigelow press slams Spike hard to the map. Joey reminds us that Spike pinned Bigelow here last time in the arena, and the crowd is calling for it. Bigelow smashes Spike with a headbutt, hard whip to the corner. Spike bounces out. They bang heads on the rebound. The crowd is now split with their chance as Spike comes slugging back at Bigelow, but Bammer hammers him down. Bammer slings Spike to the corner, crushes him with an avalanche, and then looks and points to the crowd. We get over here chance as Bigelow tries to pancake Spike, but he counters with a drop kick. Bigelow avoids a cutter, but Spike floats into a DDT, heads up top. It's a flying clothesline for two. Spike knocks Bigelow through the ropes. He barrels through a table. Back inside, Spike goes up top with a chair. He flies into Bigelow for two. Spike heads back up, but misses a flying chair shot this time and bounces off of it. Bigelow drags him up and hits a nasty suplex on the chair. Bigelow again points to the crowd, and this time he press slams Spike clear into the fans, but they catch him, and they crowd surf him around the arena, which is just a classic moment instantly, just insanity. Joey says ESPN should check out ECW for the X Games. Bigelow drags Spike back in and finishes with a top rope headbutt and celebrates with a cartwheel as Spike crowd serves back out of the arena. Uh, <laughs> an awesome squash. The atmosphere was insane. Joey mm-hmm. wasn't lying. Uh, Spike is great bouncing around. Bigelow is so good as a bully heel, just throwing him around. Uh, the crowd was just nuts. The crowd surfing was so much fun. Uh, and a, and a, it's an iconic ECW moment when they do it. Uh, awesome way to start the show, Johnny. Two and a half stars for me. Uh, I did a fuck it three rating uh, on this for the crowd surfing. That mm. was excellent. Um, for the Marco stunt, <laughs> the original, <laughs> the original okay. move. Uh, <laughs> at one point, Spike tries to do like a spear or something. He just bounces off of his <laughs> belly. And it's just wonderful. It's just wonderful. All of this is good. Like, it might as well be five stars. Um, the, the crowd, crowd is was, not. Yeah, the crowd, oh, the crowd just makes it for me, and 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 even Spike, he climbs up and jumps off and hits Bigelow that <laughs> chair. I mean, he tries. He bless him. He tries, but gets his ass whooped in the best way. Three stars, Matt. Man, I love these matches between these two guys. They're just so fun. And I mean, they're, they're nothing more than squashes, really, but they're just super fun to watch. It's just see Bam Bam just chuck this other human into a fucking sea of people <laughs> yeah, twice. Yeah. Like, oh, it's just super entertaining to watch. And yeah, I mean, I, I think it also, I mean, Spike's been getting the shit kicked out of him, but I think it kind of makes him too. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Being, just like being, Mikey. He's a right. cult figure. Yes. Yeah. He's a new Mikey. He really is. Right. Being able to take this fucking beating and keep coming back. So yeah, it's just a super fun match. So I went two and three quarter on it. It's funny how separated from the rest of the Dudleys he is. It <laughs> like, is. Right. Like, you might as well not be a Dudley. Like he's just right. So yep. Spike Whipwreck. Just call him that. <laughs> All right, we had our opening animation. Joey's in the nest. He says, the footage tonight is from September 20th at the ECW Arena, and the show was so eventful and great that they actually canceled an upcoming TV taping just to show everything from tonight over the next three weeks. The show will be released on home video, and we call it as good as it gets. Joey then shits on Lance Wright's recent string of performances and complaints. He says Wright showed up tonight in Taz's colors, complaining that Taz wasn't fired from his attack. We see fan cam footage from a parking lot where Taz then jumps Wright and gets pulled off by security. Uh, any quick thoughts on this uh, continuing Lance Wright-Taz feud? Well, Lance Wright is still here, and I'm not happy about it. Finish the job, Taz. God damn it. <laughs> as good as it gets, ain't that one of your favorite movies there, Justin? No. Uh, no? It's complicated, okay. is what you're thinking of. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's the same no, movie. How, not. how dare you? It's, it, it's the same movie. Ridiculous comment. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like Looking this. Break. Um... <laughs> uh, I don't know why uh, Taz. Does not have Alec Baldwin creeping in a window as good as mm-hmm. it gets. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know why they have to feud, but. Um... I guess if Taz just wants to beat up Lance Wright, that's fine. All right, we get a slow-mo replay of Bigelow throwing Spike into the crowd. Then we head to the ring for our next match, which is some tag team action as Rotten Balls are out to the ring. Axel Rotten Balls Mahoney to take on our old favorites, the full-blooded Italians. Okay, let's get to our Italian word of the week. As usual, in the FBI are here, and that word tonight is mafanculo. 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 Mafanculo means motherfucker. <laughs> here tonight. Wow. Which I can't believe we haven't done this one yet. I, I know. Yeah. 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 Probably would have done that one at some point. Use it in a sentence. Uh, mafanculo. My head hurts. <laughs> That was weak. Oh, my routine. <laughs> That's the most Italian thing. Our <laughs> <sighs> right, three favorite paisans dance to the ring as Joey says they had a good time at the NYC Feast of San Gennaro this past weekend. It's a pretty infamous Italian festival in New York City. Really? They look for grits marinara, he says. Uh, it's pretty great. <laughs> Joey says Harley Race was defeated for the world title by an Italian American in 1981. Uh, he spent his time idolizing Bruno San Martino, but hopefully he knew about Tommy Rich. He could have also uh, idolized him as well. Pretty, pretty, pretty great. Uh, Rotten Ball stump out the chairs, chairs and new matching gear. We get some stalling and some long entrances and intros, like you mentioned, Jenny. We're getting the whole boat here. Joey says they brew rose moonshine in Nashville, Italy. <laughs> <laughs> Guido and Ball start off with some feeling out and a slap from Guido. Ball shoves Guido around as the crowd is all over the FBI. Balls catches Guido on a charge. It's a follow-up slam and works the arm. Axel tags in and batters Guido with strikes. Guido pulls into the corner. Axel fights both guys off and throws smothers in while cleaning all three out. 
Balls comes in and double up Guido and clean house. Guido trips Axel from the outside. Smothers pounces and gets to work. The FBI quick tag and double team to keep Axel grounded, but they can't finish him off. Smothers cranks a chin lock and then releases and hits a back fist and a sidekick. Guido tags and they try a rocket launcher, but Axel dodges and tags. Balls, who bangs both guys around, then hits a double clothesline for two. Things break down all for a brawl with Smothers on the floor. Balls hits a nutcracker sweet on Guido to pick up the win. Tommy Rich, though, tried to get Guido's foot in the bottom rope, and the referee missed it. Rich shows the ref, so the ref restarts the match, and Guido rolls up Balls for the win. Balls and Axel grab chairs, and the referee, Jeff Jones, gets the mic and tells Balls he will not hit him with a chair. Says everyone makes mistakes, and then he mocks some fans as other refs guard him. Jones says Balls has the right, has to respect him. There's no more commissioner at ECW, so he's now the man. He's the highest form of law and order and the best referee in the United States. That last comment pisses off his comrades, so they say, hey, look, relax. Let's get out of here. You're not the top ECW ref. Jones slaps the senior referee, who then decks him back with a big punch. That gets a pop. Balls then explodes and wrecks Jones with a chair shot, and that's that. Uh, pretty fun match. I'm all for the FBI going over. The finish was kind of weird. As usual, when ECW tries these things, sometimes they're kind of convoluted. Uh, just have the FBI cheat uh, or lose. Crowd is into this, though. The FBI teamwork is fun. No real weapon violence, but it held up for a straight match. Uh, the post-match is chaotic, but it looks like yet again, right? We talked about this previously with Lance Wright. We now have another slimy, wimpy heel referee with a big mouth. Again, it feels very much like Fonzie. Uh, we got Wright doing the same gimmick. Um, but it's over. I mean, the crowd is into it, so we'll see what goes on with Jeff Jones, but we're going to have another crooked rep, or is he just kind of ballsy? Don't forget Gertner started this way, too. Like, we didn't mention him last episode, mm-hmm. right? He was, like, a tough-talking announcer, so they love this gimmick of, like, these small wimps that talk tough and get their shit kicked in. Uh, so, two and a half of the match, Matt, and we'll see where Jeff Jones goes, besides screwing around on Ring of Honor's website and never posting the Kevin Kelly show. <laughs> Yeah, I went uh, I went two and a quarter on this. I thought it was just a, a notch below average. It, mm. it, I thought parts of it were super boring, near, near the beginning in particular. I felt like it took forever to fucking get going. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was it ended up being perfectly fine and turning into a fairly decent match. But uh, boy, it took him a long ass time to get there. Uh, at one point, the FBI hit this slop ass rocket launcher off the top. And Joey said, that's why they never reach the moon. <laughs> such, <laughs> such a great line. Oh, God, that killed me. But the the Jeff Jones thing is super interesting, too. Like, I'm curious to see where this goes. Like, we're going to have crooked referees now, along with everybody else in the fucking company being crooked. Like, it's, it, it, uh, you know, I'm hoping it's not like one thing too many with uh, this uh, this crookedness, I guess, mm. happening. So, a lot of crookedicity. Uh, yeah. I think that's a police album. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. So, I mean, this was perfectly fine for what it was. So, I went two and a quarter. Did Todd Gordon really have everybody such in line that you know as soon as he's gone, <laughs> yes. the referees can just well, tell me no one's in charge. Yeah, right. right. You know they're not scared of Jim Molino or whoever the fuck. Uh, I don't know. That was weird. I don't. Maybe just a one-off, but maybe not with the way that this Lance Wright thing has been going. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how I feel about that yet. I'm. I guess I'm glad that. If, FBI kind of won in their weird way that they kind of won. Um, but I'm really into Rotten Balls as a team. Mm. I really like their new shirts. Mm. I couldn't really tell what all was involved in that design. It looks like it looks, some sort of like family seal or family crest or something. It looks like a heart. 
like a sword or some shit. Yeah, foundation. It was big. I, at the... mm. Oh, maybe that's it. I need to look that up. But anyway, I liked it, and um, I did two and a half on this one. It's a cult of crookedicity. <laughs> mm. Joey's in the nasty heist up tonight. Show is possibly the greatest ECW event ever. We even get every bit of it over the next few weeks and teases all the things we'll be seeing. Head back to the ring as Cronus and New Jack, the Gangstonators, take on the Dudley Boys. Joel Gertner's rocking an Emmett Smith jersey, makes a joke about a 15-year-old girl, and Joey says, Memphis is that way. Uh, <laughs> great line. Gertner mocks the end of the Gangsters and Eliminators and brags up his boys with very long introductions. Mm. After a break, Cronus and New Jack storm the ring with weapons. They ignite a brawl while Natural More Killers is still playing. Typical street fight with these guys, weapons and strikes pouring. Out of all fours, they take turns mashing each other. Cronus and Bubba are both bleeding within minutes. Dick inserts himself into the brawl as they go to the floor. New Jack passes a table into the crowd. They surf it to the back for him. A lot of crowd surfing tonight. Cronus thrusts Dick into the fans with a huge backdrop. In the back of the arena, Jack flies off the nest with a huge leg drop through Devon on the table. He is just out of his mind. In the ring, Bubba is working over Cronus, but New Jack makes it back in time to save. Joey says the Dudleys are the only team to ever beat the Gangsters and the Eliminators. Cronus heats up and wrecks Devon with a guitar as Bubba gets knocked outside. Cronus hits Devon with a 450 to finish, and we have brand new tag team champions and the extreme survivors of New Jack and Cronus. A great moment. Uh, that was a nice choice. Both guys hung around despite these troubles. You know, Cronus, I don't know if he got it off or not, but you know what? He could have just left or tapped right when his buddy left. He's still working his ass off. Reward him for sticking around. Reward New Jack for being here and, and doing this. It was a cool moment for these guys. Uh, usual stuff, but the heat was extra baked in from this crowd uh, and the moment itself. So I ended up going two and three quarters, Jenny. I thought it was it was more about the moment than the usual walk brawl that we got, but it was it was cool to see these guys get the gold. I'm with you on all accounts, two and three quarter stars. Uh, wild weapons. Uh, I don't... I guess we're the tag titles are there's not any like rhyme or reason. It, it just kind of feels like they just kind of go with the flow and put that wherever you know. Well, you know what? The, it's very the, reactionary. But the TV and the world title are pretty stable, so I, I think it doesn't hurt to have uh, yeah some titles that can change at any minute. Like yeah, at a house show, at a TV, like wherever you are, you may see the tag title. Everyone's kind of even. There's no dominant team. Right. We have a dominant TV champion in Taz. You know he's not losing probably anytime soon. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And Shane Douglas just won the world title, right? So he's probably going to keep it for a bit. So it's like, why not have the tag titles kind of be the pinball? Because all these teams are presented as equal anyway. Mm -hmm. I, I don't mind it, really. I, I kind of like it. the Because all the matches are pretty samey. So right. I guess. Mm -hmm. yeah, why uh, would they all be on the equal footing yeah, when all yeah. they are is hitting each other's <laughs> weapons all the time? Um, so I, I just, I enjoyed the moment and thought it was well done, Matt. Yeah, I went two and a half, but I mean, a lot of the same thoughts as you guys. Uh, there was one, <laughs> for some reason, Gertner said that Bubba is Dudleyville's most eligible bachelor <laughs> during his intro, <laughs> which boy, oh boy, if, if he's, uh, the most eligible bachelor in Dudleyville, God help us all. It's worse than Revere, kid. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, this was pretty much your standard tag team brawl. Uh, Joey also at one point said that this was the largest crowd in the history of the arena and that they installed new bleachers. So that pay-per-view money obviously rolling in. So that's uh, I thought that was well, it looks cool. new too, right? It like, does look new. It's yeah. like this feels refreshed. Mm-hmm. There, there's a grime, but it's also more polished. It's a polished grime, I guess, mm. if, if that's a thing. Polished turd, yes. Right. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but yeah, uh, New Jack hits the balcony dive in. It's a good thing he has pinpoint accuracy because there's a non-zero chance he could have ended up in somebody's lap with that <laughs> dive if he misjudged it wrong because good God almighty. But yeah, I mean, and like you said, I, this tag title change does feel like it's a reward for their loyalty for sticking right. around. So it, it makes perfect sense that they would uh, they would give them the belts. So uh, yeah, I mean, it was a fairly standard walking brawl stuff. So the highlight was the balcony dive. So two and a half for me. And that was my best match of the night. I'm with that. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And then Rotten Balls and FBI. Yep. Uh, for worst, best moment, I went the. It was tough. the ta- The tag title change was cool, but the Dudley crowd surf is pretty yeah. iconic. So. Yep. That's yeah. Like a big time ECW moment. I'm gonna give one. it to Spike. Yeah. Most '90s were both tied to that, so I went the idea of crowd surfing, uh, <laughs> and also Joey mentions the X Games, which I think had just. Yep started yeah. it was like the 95 maybe yeah it actually it started was... right here in providence um yeah, right federal hill was where they had some of the oh really Good God. Stuff. yeah um yeah so i think i i would say there were no more than a couple years in and they were a big deal for a few mm-hmm. years there in the 90s for sure do they do them anymore they don't do the extreme games anymore right? they, yeah i think they do oh I do think they, they do, yeah yeah Feel like you right down the road from you in Providence. No, not here anymore. It's definitely yeah. here. They're driving by Vendor Ravioli on the road. <laughs> oh, I could go for that right now. Sounds awesome. I had an amazing sandwich last time I was there a few weeks ago. No. Uh, all right, stock rising. I went Bigelow, Spike, and the Gangstonators. I can't say that name. Can we come up with something else? Crojack. Extreme Survivor. I like Crojack. Yeah, we'll go with Crojack. Okay. It sounds too much like Rojax, though, for me and Matt. Yeah, yeah. Rose and Jack. Uh, Stock falling. I went with Lance Wright and uh, Mr. Jones. We're gonna have to rename the award after Lance Wright soon. Poor fucking Jeff Jones. Fuck that guy. (laughs) All these mouthy underlings. What the fuck? (laughs) All right. uh, I went six and a half out of ten. I had it in line with the last episode. We got a cool moment. The crowd is hot. We get the spike thing. So like, you know. It was it was it was on the same footing in a different way, right? Like the last one kind of had a right. couple matches, but this one was like big on atmosphere and moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always just love being back in the arena. So yeah, they're the best episodes by far. Yeah. You know, you're getting some right. much bigger stuff and a hotter crowd for sure. Or Queen, I think Queens is going to climb. I think we're going to see. Yeah, that becomes like their second home. But... Elks becomes their second home for yeah. sure, and that crowd is always molten hot too, just yeah. like the arena. So those are our two spots. Yep. All right, let's head ahead, uh, head ahead, ahead a week to <laughs> September 30th, 1997. Shane Douglas and Francine stalk out with the ECW world title to kick off the show. We're still getting the action from as good as it gets. Francine is in her bag. She's stalking around. Shane grabs the mic, says they can all thank him for putting a 53-year-old piece of shit out the pasture. <laughs> he gets mainly cheers for that, actually. And then he says, you fans of turncoats. We should all be bowing to Terry Funk if he was here. Shane says Rick, Rick Rude could not be here tonight. He's flown the ocean to London. With the WWF. Uh, and of course, that would be for one night only uh, mm-hmm. around the time of this film. 
He said he doesn't care for Rude's choice of companies, but he'd rather be in London or Pittsburgh than the ECW arena. He calls the fans backstabbers and a bunch of Shawn Michaels. He became <laughs> champion without the fans, and he'll keep it without them. I think Marcus was writing these promos. Yeah, no. <laughs> Douglas asked Francine who Rude set up for t- tonight's opponent because the rumor is this challenger has trained for three months with Rick Rude. And Shane says to bring the stupid ass out. Uh, so, Jenny, what did you think of this opening promo? I wrote down, you're all a bunch of Shawn Michaels. <laughs> that sounds like a terrible insult, right? No. You're no. all a bunch of world champ legends in your field. Millionaires. But, right. Yeah, it yeah. just signed like the biggest contract in the <laughs> right. history yeah. like, two months before this. Fucking losers, all of you. <laughs> Did you like it? It was good, though. It was good. And, yeah. um, and Francine's wearing like a curtain or something, so that looks good. <laughs> Yeah, this was very good, but man, I'm still not sold on this whole Rick Rude Shane thing. Like, yeah. I, I need to know more about where this is going because right. I feel like the fact that it just keeps going, there has to be some sort of payoff. They can't yeah. just yes. fucking forget about it. It's got to be yeah. going somewhere. So well, hopefully it's soonish. You know, we'll see where it goes. But well, let's see where it goes right now as we get our opening animation. Douglas is in the ring and he'll be taking on Phil LaFon, who's back with Doug Furness in his corner. Uh, of course, we had last seen Furnace on the Fawn and what for us, Jenny? It's been a while now. It seems like it wasn't that long ago, but I was just thinking that it. Well, and you, Matt, up? you were here too. Yeah, so it was what, what like was... late '96, I think, was right before November? they went to yeah. yeah, it was right around November to remember. I think maybe? that's like a year already yeah. for us, though. That's it flew by. I feel like we just talked about them versus oh, wow. RVD and Sabu. Right. Yeah. Uh, I've also been talking about them in Wrestling Warzone. Uh, here on North South Connection, where Chad and I are doing the Monday Night Wars, there just showed up in the WWF, so we'll kind of bridge this gap between these two runs. They uh, had started a heel turn, and uh, but then it got into a bad car accident. Um, I think both of them were in the car accident with Sid and there was someone else, I think, in there. Uh, and then, so they were, I don't, I think Furnace was still hurt at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Lafon had bounced back. They would stick around. They'd go back to WWF because they're at Survivor Series. And then I think they're done. So I don't know if they go back to all Japan from there or what. But uh, Douglas isn't thrilled. He tries to get out of the match. The fans chant, welcome back. Douglas says, Furnace has a busted shoulder from the car wreck, and he'd rather wrestle him. That but was no so go. fucking funny, It, it was man. really good. Was like, oh, you, you, you're fine. <laughs> uh, it'll be LaFon instead. Furnace says they've been in the for 11 months, but didn't know if they had to come back to ECW to find the biggest pussy in the business. And he doesn't mean Francine. <laughs> Shane attacks with the bell. LaFon kicks him and brings the heat with a big flurry of strikes and drives him to the floor. LaFon gets to work on the midsection, goes to an abdominal stretch, gets two on a Savak kick. LaFon goes to a chin lock. Joey says you can see the All Japan style coming through. Is uh, Rick Rude training as opposed to the Dirty F style. Shane is the jawbreaker, starts to target the neck as he takes over. LaFon comes back and gets three near falls on crucifix pins. LaFon hits a sidekick for a cover, but Francine slaps him to break it up. LaFon catches Shane coming in from behind, grabs a sleeper. Francine comes in with a low blow to turn the tide. Shane gets an atomic drop and a low drop kick. The crowd is all over Francine. LaFon bails out, but Shane follows and shoots him hard to the railing. Back inside, Shane hooks a chin lock and a head scissors, tries to crank and break another neck. LaFon twists free, but Shane kicks low and kicks away. Fran says something that gets beat for three seconds. God knows what the hell she was saying. Uh, LaFon floats out of a suplex, gets a roll up for a close two, fall, uh, two count. Shane cuts it down with a clothesline. Shane goes to a camel clutch, tries a monkey flip, but LaFon counters and hot shots him on the turnbuckle. LaFon slugs away and hip tosses Shane into the corner. LaFon slams Shane, hits a second rope senton for two, chops away and hits a spin heel kick for two. 
LaFon shakes off a boot, hits a tiger bomb, but the ref is sleeping and late to count, so Shane kicks out. Furnace complains on the apron, so Francine comes in, but LaFon takes her out with a tiger bomb and covers Shane for a great near fall. Candido's in, but LaFon fights him off, so Furnace comes in, takes out Shane, and helps wipe out Candido as well. Furnace snaps, suplexes Candido, and barks at him. His Bigelow socks out and gets in Furnace's face. They throw down with a big slugfest that ends with a Furnace DDT. Candido clips LaFon's knee, and Shane dropkicks it. Shane tries a whip, but LaFon collapses. Shane goes to spinning toe hold. LaFon puts him into a cradle for two. Shane shifts. He rolls on top of LaFon and bridges into the win. And Joey wonders who Rude will dig up next to challenge Douglas. Uh, pretty good hard-fought title defense here. Uh, had a lot of strong action in the ring. Some fun chaos at the end. The triple threat, of course, always pays off for Douglas. But he did win it on his own in the end. Uh, I thought it was a good use of Furnace and LaFon. LaFon's a credible challenger, but they're beatable. Like, who gives a shit? We've seen them lose here before. Uh, Shane's strong ring continues. Triple threat is red hot, Matt. I went three and a quarter on this. I, I thought it was, again, you know, if, if for as shaky as the storyline is, mm-hmm. the matches that have come out of it have all been pretty good. Yeah, uh, I went three stars on this. I thought this was really, uh, really well done. Another good title defense for Shane. Uh, started slow, but I think by the end really picked up. And once, you know, once the triple threat interfered, I, I thought it was uh, really firing on all cylinders. Uh, I feel like you saw Shane do some stuff you haven't really seen him do in quite a while. Like mm-hmm. the figure four, I can't remember him doing in a very long time. And even yeah. like uh, winning with a cradle. I thought like, when's the last time Shane won with a cradle? I feel like You're every right. time right. It, it's like the belly to belly or something like that and i mean the cradle did look a little shaky but i i think it kind of worked so uh yeah this was a pretty good match and uh, a good spot for lafon like you said uh we'll see how long they stick around keep doing the back and forth thing so uh the, f- the last five minutes of this i thought was really good stuff so uh three stars for me that what does joey call it like that rolling snap neck thing that he keeps trying oh yeah yeah like he kind of rolls on the guy grabs his head like mm-hmm. he did that a couple times that was kind of different don't usually see him do stuff like that um francine and the incredible amount of heat that she gets from the crowd is like a huge factor in in these matches now like they were all over her ass i smell fish chance um and, and even her just walking around on the side you know like constantly being berated um but shane was really really good in this like he is continuing to to just have these really good matches and i'm i don't know i'm all i'm on board let let rude dig up whoever he wants to at this point like whatever the reason is for it i really don't care anymore because we're turning out these really good matches right i did three and one quarter stars all right, we get quick highlights of last week's show, next week's as well, including the TV debut of Jerry Lynn and the ECW debut of 23-year-old prodigy Just Incredible. He also mm. sets the stage for what's to come tonight. And Pitbulls wheel out Lance Wright. Wait, what? What? The Pitbulls wheel out Who? Lance Wright. Yes, the Pitbulls. Never heard of them. Right to the neck brace. Joey says the Pitbulls were released three months ago, but this could mean trouble that they're showing up here. we never heard of this release, but I guess, I mean, it has been a while since we've seen it. Right. Them. Pitbull once says his partner and he were set up. ECW and his fans set him up after he broke his neck for them and got nothing in return besides three letters. One from his mother, one from Lance Wright, and one from Lance Wright's mom. Last week, the Pitbulls and Lance were by the pool with Vince McMahon. This is when they started to lose me with the Vince stuff. Like, yep. I know Wright is supposed to be friends with the, but like, now the Pitbulls are at the pool with Vince. Like, I mean, it's so ridiculous. Like, no Vince way fucking, couldn't pick up Gary, the Pitbulls in a fucking police lineup. You mean Anthony you don't Durante believe that? Anthony Durante is not at Vince McMahon's fucking pool. <laughs> 
Um, Vincent, if you want to be treated right and be a man, come to the have to get the big money. The crowd's not happy with how this is going at all. They start to sing goodbye, but Pitbull 1 says they aren't ready to leave. Vince Hall and the ECW is full of paper champions. The top paper champion is the midget Taz. Pitbull 2 gets in the ring, and Pitbull 1 says back in 1994, he kicked Taz's ass. And Taz wasn't man enough to accept the challenge from Pitbull 2 for the TV title. Pitbull 1 knows Taz is not a company man, and he's friendless. So if Taz has the balls, come out and take him on. Taz comes out. Pitbull 1 reassures Lance Wright that he'll protect him. Taz hops in the ring and straight at Pitbull 2, they start throwing down. Pitbull 2 hits a headbutt and a powerbomb as Wright tells him to kick his ass. Pitbull 2 celebrates and comes right at Taz, but Taz ducks and folds him with a T-bone. Chokes him out as Wright says, Taz is the best. He made a mistake. He's better than Ken Shamrock, Steve Austin, <laughs> and Vince McMahon. And he can kick all their asses. Taz flips the wheelchair over and sets up a table, gets a barricade, and T-bones right through it. So a huge pop. Out come the police. They yell at Taz because he's not supposed to touch right. They get in the ring with nightsticks and tell him to leave, but Taz takes a cop down with a Fujiwara armbar. More cops come in and pull Taz off with the locker room empties to help Taz out and calm him down. In comes Sabu. He slaps Taz. He's being held back. Taz breaks free and takes Sabu down. They brawl until things get broken up. Sabu sticks around and batters Blue Meanie, Danny Morrison, and Nova, and then he clears the ring. And that is that. Uh, just a wonderful wild scene. Look, you know, Matt, you weren't here for the real heyday of Pitbull one when he was just a Pitbull. Jenny knows I love this motherfucker when he's ranting yes. like a nut. Like, yes. it was like my favorite 1994 ECW stuff was Pitbull just being an animal backstage. Um, you know, the tag division is depleted. So whatever issues they had, if they're back on the scene, like, I'm okay with it. Uh, Taz could be in trouble. I mean, Lance Wright's dead. The crop is screaming in pain. But uh, we'll see if Taz goes to the clink. But I, I didn't mind seeing the Pitbulls back here. I actually thought the break helped them. I thought they were real aimless after Francine turned on them, and they were mm-hmm. kind of – they felt like Eliminator's light for a while. So it was kind of like – and then Pitbull 1 did the whole neck thing. That was most of his last seven months or so in the company. So they had the terrible match at Fairly Legal. So it's like it, they needed the break, I think. But I thought this is a pretty good return for them to be Wright's muscle. Like if this is the payoff to him to work with them, I didn't mind it. <laughs> I didn't mind it either. It just came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, my sweet, sweet pitbull one just <laughs> on the bike, just back and angry, going insane. Um, I, I lost it when he's like, "Only oh, I have three letters." <laughs> my mom, Lance Wright, and Lance Wright's mom. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, did he just come up with that? Was that? pre-arranged in his mind because that was genius so um and then when he said when he called uh taz a midget i was like oh that's not smart um then comes taz of course because you know somebody asked somebody said taz and uh and there he is and there he is <laughs> but the highlight i loved all of this but the highlight for me was lance right saying I'm sorry, Taz. <laughs> I made a mistake. <laughs> You're better than Ken Shamrock. <laughs> and then Taz kicks him out of his wheelchair and just fucking fucks him up, puts him through a fucking. That's table. the best part about Taz. He doesn't like tease or like. Oh, no, just he just fucking walks over and throws the guy out of his wheelchair. Yep. I was howling. That shit was amazing. Um, so yeah, all this was really good. Enjoyed it a lot. 
Maybe putting Lance uh, the pit bulls with Lance Wright will make me like Lance Wright. There's a, there's a small chance because and look, I, I already kind of like Lance Wright because he gets the shit the shit kicked out of him by Taz every week. He's growing on me. Like it, just because Taz keeps killing him, like just keep killing him and I'll like you more. It's very simple. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, Kenny. <laughs> this whole thing was a lot. There, there was a lot happening here. Uh, the pit bulls are here. He's ranting and raving like a madman. Uh, I like the touch of Pitbull One being the one to wheel Lance Wright to the ring with the the broke with Lance Wright with his broken everything he's got going on right there. So I thought that, I thought that was a it's nice very Pitbull. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was a very nice touch. And then Taz comes out and just wrecks shop again as he does. And uh, then <laughs> we still got the Taz Sabu thing going on. So Taz is embroiled with a lot of shit right now. And it feels like it all kind of came together in this one segment. And I thought it was, uh, I thought it was really well done for it. And I think it really picked up once, uh, once Taz uh, entered the fray. So uh, yeah, good stuff here. Was it if we security get guards or ranting on the mic? I'll take it. <laughs> were they cops? Were they shoot cops? Or were they uh, security guards? Hmm. Uh, uh, no, they're the workers. They're not shoot anything. Okay. Or they're just like paid security that they right. bring in. Yeah. Yeah, but I, don't, I think anyone taking a bump is probably a worker, a local worker. The uh, was it Pitbull one that bit Jason back in the day, or was it Taz that bit Taz bit Jason? Right. It was when they were feuding. It was like Tasmaniac mm-hmm. and Pitbull were like mm-hmm. having like, an animal fight. <laughs> bit Jason. Remember Jason got bit in the back. Yes. Anyway, Which Pitbull used to have these amazing rants where he wouldn't even look in the camera; he'd just be screaming like a fucking nut. <laughs> Uh, all right, back to the ring we go. We get our match that we didn't get a few weeks ago in Rivera. As Sandman takes on Sabu. Uh, Sabu's pacing the ring. Sandman heads out. He's got a beer in hand, butt in his mouth, rocking a wife beater. Sandman's already bleeding from the can, uh, hitting him in the head during his entrance. We get the full intro. It's a lot of lead time. Sabu opens with a chair shot, ducks the cane, and hits a slingshot leg drop for two. Sabu stomps away as Joey reminds us this was supposed to happen on pay-per-view, but Sandman got hurt. Sabu is a springboard Rana, nails him with a stiff clothesline for two. Sabu nails Sandman with a chair, knocks him outside, flies into him with a plancha. After a break, Sandman suplexes a table on Sabu outside, hangs him across a guardrail. Sandman knocks him off the railing with a guillotine leg drop. The crowd is rocking. Sandman grabs a ladder, suplexes it across Sabu, flings him back inside. Sandman brings the ladder in with him, smacks Sabu with it, and hits a slingshot senton for two. Sandman sets up the ladder in the corner, suplexes Sabu through it. Sandman hits a power slam, spikes the ladder on Sabu, heads up and hits a top rope senton into it, which is crazy. Fonzie's losing it. Sabu's really hurting here. Sandman grabs his cane, just wrecks him across the head, turns into a Fonzie chair shot after that, though. The cane shot was just gross. Sandman is back up with the cane. Sabu is bleeding from the side of his face. Sandman swings again, but now Sabu counters with a fireball. In Sandman's face, Sandman is writhing in pain as medics and wrestlers file into the ring to check on him and close us out. A really fun brawl with a great atmosphere. Uh, Sabu was good, but Sandman was really great in this, mixing up his offense, keeping things moving along. The cane shot was just disgusting. Uh, the fireball was cool, too. We haven't really seen that out of Sabu here. Uh, and uh, Fonzie's crew always has that trick up their sleeves. It's like uh, Piper and Polo, always, always pulling something out at the last minute. Sandman's in trouble yet again. Sabu's hot. I went two and three quarters of the match, but the post-match was really, really good, Matt. 
Yeah, uh, I really like this. I went three stars on this. This uh, there was a lot of this match that was insane. Like these people should not be doing this to themselves, but yet here they are uh, doing this to themselves. It was just brutal. That fucking senton onto the ladder where Sabu was underneath it was just brutal. And this is the first match between these two. Now you have to <laughs> you have to assume they're probably going to have like five or six matches with each other. Right. So by the time the sixth match comes around, I'm just going to assume that it's going to be like a literal death match and someone's gonna die very likely like, you're throwing out a fireball in the first fucking match between these two guys like good lord just yeah just a, a war a complete and utter war so just super fun stuff so i went three stars on it jenny i did three stars too it's, it's amazing we haven't seen them before really mm -hmm. um and they don't disappoint because like in the beginning i thought sandman was wrestling so resigned like mm -hmm. Um, like he was already taking his ass whooping, you know, and then because this one there's commercials or something um, with this one. So right. it sort of clips out. And when you come back in, Sandman is literally throwing a table on top of the top <laughs> All right. Well, I guess he kind of warmed up uh, in this time. So then it was just balls to the wall. Mm -hmm. um, and Sandman don't give a fuck, man. He just he just does shit. Goes against right. a ladder. Let's fuck with this now. Fuck Sabu up with it. Uh, the cane shot to the face. Uh, holy shit. I thought his eyeball was going to pop out. Mm -hmm. um, the only thing you can do after that is a fireball. I mean, so it's, it's only logical. Um, Goddamn. They, they, they went balls to the wall. I did three stars. All right. Uh, best match of the night was Douglas and LaFon for me. I think I'm going to go Sabu yeah. Shane. I went three yeah. stars on both of them. Yeah, I, I was a quarter star higher on the uh, Shane match, but I don't know. I mean, I had Sam and Sabu worse, but it's it's a toss-up, yeah. obviously. Right. Uh, best moment, I went I went the two of them. I went Taz flipping right out of the wheelchair and throwing him into the table, and then Sabu's <laughs> yeah. fireball. I, uh, I went with the fireball. Hard to argue with those. Most nineties, uh, rude going to one night only, <laughs> flying to <a> one <laughs> night only. Yep. A fireball is that very nineties? That's like six. Like the dream. Yeah. Right. Wasn't he was throwing fireballs in the sixties? Right. Lawler <laughs> after that too. Uh, stock rising. I went triple threat. Furnace and the fawn. Pippa won. Uh, and Taz. Basically everybody but Lance everybody Wright. Everybody really, yeah. yeah. Well, falling in with Rude, he's not even there. Right. Uh, Pitbull 2, who kind of looked like a goof in that whole thing. Oh, y'all always be hating on Pitbull 2. He looked kind of goofy. Pitbull 1 was holding he it down. Right. <laughs> uh, right, of course, the cop who just got the wrecked. Cop. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Morrison, Meanie, and Nova, who also got mm. their asses kicked. Ken Taz. Shamrock, because Taz is better than him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> World's most dangerous man. <laughs> Uh, all right, I really like this episode a lot. I went seven yeah. and a half out of ten. I thought it was a nice. Yeah. You could feel the bump up in overall presentation. Yep. Yeah. Same Big time. Fun. Yep, me too. All right, let's get to our last episode of the night, October eleventh, nineteen ninety-seven. Joey's in the ring, welcomes us into the show, heists up the ECW arena, brings out Jason. After saying he has no other option of who he could interview, we get a little Jason video <laughs> montage as he struts out. Uh, Joey's getting itchy, of course. He's scratching. <laughs> Uh, Jason asks Joey, what's the matter? He says he has a European fungus rash. And Jason <laughs> feels bad about that. 
Jason says, the ECW fans have been wonderful. I spent days thinking about a contribution to the fans. And Joey says, all right, yeah, you're leaving. Good, all right. <laughs> Jason says he's not leaving. He wants to give appreciation. So he came out to give them something wonderful to look at. He also introduces a superb athlete above all of ECW. His another newest find, and that is PJ Walker, heads out to the ring. Joey says he knows him, but Jason says it's not PJ Walker. He's not the man of war either. He is uh, just incredible. And Joey says, yeah, he's held back by the clowns that are there for years. Jason says, yes, it's just incredible. That's his name, Justin Credible. Joey likes the name. Credible says it's not only his name, he's also incredible anytime he gets in the ring. And then he pie faces style, which is a pretty good introduction. Uh, Jenny, what did you think of the debut of Justin Credible? Obviously, I didn't get the PJ Walker thing, but I figured that, well, that was, was his name. He was a yeah. jobber. Yeah. yeah, I figured that. Um, Jason said that that uh, that European fungus is going around. Joey <laughs> says, yeah, I hear kids around. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Justin Credible looks sort of very much like a penis. Mm. Um, mm. Just a whole general penis shape. A penis in shorts? A little bit. Pretty much. Um, Maybe that's what the P in PJ Walker stands for. You never know. And job for never penis mind. James so, Walker. <laughs> penis job Walker. <laughs> penis Jubilee Walker. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> him him shoving Joey did not um, endear him at all to me, Matt. Oh, just incredible. I get it now. Uh, <laughs> finally, uh, the national hero of my people of Portugal uh, comes, <laughs> comes to the ECW, the Portuguese man of war, uh, comes here to save ECW. Thank God he's finally here. Uh, it's great. I, I was wondering when he was going to show up, but I'm glad he's here now. Uh, Joey cringing and scratching fucking kills me every time mm-hmm. he does it. Whenever Jason comes out, and uh, yeah, I thought this was a, <laughs> I thought this was a pretty good way to introduce uh, PJ Aldo Justin Credible. <laughs> All right, we get our opening animation, and that's our next match is Jerry Lynn back again, taking on Justin Yay. Credible. Right into this match, Credible's working over Lynn. Showdown between two potential building blocks, maybe. Credible goes to the eyes, hammers away. Joey talks about Credible's transformation to more brash, aggressive style. Lynn takes Credible down, slugs away, reset with boring chance. Lynn cranks aside headlock as Joey says Credible will have to be incredible to ditch the memories of PJ Walker and Aldo Montoya. Jason hooks Lynn's foot, so he barrels into him with a Piscato. Credible flies off the top. Lynn dodges. He lands hard on the railing. I don't think it hurt. Lynn crotches Credible on the railing and bulldogs him off of it. Lynn heads up top and nails Credible with a great plancha. We head back inside. Credible takes over, hits an atomic drop, and a hard clothesline, an elbow into a seated abdominal stretch. Credible hits a seated drop kick as we go to break. When we come back, Jason is bragging. Credible is cranking a headlock and then a sleeper. Lynn counters with a jawbreaker. Credible comes back with chops and eats a boot on a charge. Lynn ducks at Enziguri and hits a DDT inside slam and a middle rope leg drop for two. Credible ducks a body block off the middle rope, heads up top, hits a missile drop kick for two. Credible gets a northern light suplex for two, but misses a top rope splash. Lynn gets a bridging German for two and another near fall on a Tiger Bomb. Lynn hoists Credible up top, but Credible blocks. gets a top rope sunset flip power bomb for two. Credible goes back up. Lynn crotches him and hits a top rope Rana for two. Lynn sets up a tombstone, but Credible floats through and crushes Lynn with a corkscrew tombstone and finishes with a swinging DDT. 
was a really good match. Strong debut for Credible, uh, who balled out with this new look and new gimmick, new nice addition. Lynn again showed up well. He's smooth and crisp. These guys really should bolster the back end of this roster if they stick around. Uh, plenty of room to grow for both of them as well. So Matt went three stars. Uh, it was a very good match. I think they have more in them too as they get more comfortable mm-hmm. in the setting. But they're, they're nice additions. We talked about it. Storm, Lynn, Credible, Snow. Like we're really starting to bolster. Yeah, uh, I really enjoyed this. I went three and a quarter on this. Uh, just a really fun match. I like that they took the two newer guys to the roster and threw them together and see what they could do. And I, I think it showed already that they have really good chemistry. They mesh really well together. I thought everything they did uh, looked really well, uh, really good. But Jesus, God, those jorts. Holy hell. I, I know it was 1997, but holy hell, uh, they were something. They weren't even like, mm-hmm. they were like three quarter. Like they were Capri jorts for God's sake. <laughs> It was a fucking choice. Good <laughs> Lord. But yeah, uh, this match is really uh, good. Uh, stop me if you've heard this before. Jerry Lynn's fucking great, as mm. it turns out. Who knew? What a but, discovery. I knew. Uh, J- Jenny knew, see? But uh, yeah, just, just a fantastic match and uh, a good debut for Just Incredible. Another good debut, just like Lynn's debut. So uh, yeah, three and a quarter for me, Jenny. They are nailing these uh, debuts right here. Um and and mixing them all together really well like i really like this match i don't guess i've ever seen a just incredible match or um pj all the montoya match yeah well maybe well, walker when he was walker he was pretty much just a jobber like, yeah he okay much. then he became so, all the montoya so this was you know pretty refreshing for me like you know like Nice. Good well, job. Well, I hope you like them because you're about to see a lot of them. Well, <laughs> about to see a lot of just a um, Yep. Well, like to me, the thing that stood out with this is the combination of their speed. They're both mm. very quick, and they do the power moves too. And then they sprinkle in a little bit of flying off the ropes, so it's yeah. you get a little bit of everything. Um, and and they all just really hit all of their spots in this. A corkscrewed tombstone. Mm-hmm. Not sure if I've seen that very many. That probably could have been the finish. Probably didn't need the swinging. I wondered why it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that was pretty sick. So I did three and a quarter as well. Matt, I was surprised he showed up as early as he did. Like, yeah, me too. I thought it was maybe like ninety eight. Yeah, um, that's what I I thought. Like middle of ninety eight is when he pops yeah. up. So this definitely surprised me when I saw this. Like, wow, already. Well, Joey does give Jason credit for the discovery. Credible is only twenty three years old, so. Uh, they're going young, which Amazing. is cool too, because yeah. we haven't seen a ton of that with them. Like, yeah. I mean, Candido, they remind us all the time. He's only like 25 or whatever, right? So, like, they're definitely digging, you know, younger at this point. Well, Jerry Lynn's always been 45. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we go right back to the ring for another match. Uh, again, two young, great in ring guys. As Chris mm-hmm. Candido takes on Lance Storm. You mentioned earlier, Matt, but Candido's shredded and jacked mm-hmm. as ever, um, just on the roll of a lifetime. Nice match on paper. Storm, another young guy rebuilding the roster. We get some feeling out, quick back and forth. The control holds. Storm cranks a side headlock, leads into a quick flurry. Ends in a Storm standing drop kick to stun Candido. Candido rages back. Storm grabs the arm and works away, but Candido pushes free and lays in some nasty chops. Storm leapfrogs two charges, but Candido hits a shoulder block, tries a victory roll. Candido counters through a powerbomb. Candido keeps the pressure on, cuts off a couple of comebacks. Storm catches Candido with a spin heel kick, follows a springboard plancha to the floor. Candido slugs Storm into the railing, buries him on the baseball side that knocks him into the crowd. Candido goes up top, flies off the barricade into Storm in the crowd with a wild bump. After the break, Candido snaps off a power slam and drops an elbow for two. 
Candido slam storm heads back up top at the swan dive headbutt for two. Goes to a chin lock. Storm it's another leg lariat. They two uh, trade punches with Storm planting Candido at the end. Storm lands a standing drop kick and follows with a cartwheel splash and missile drop kick for two. Candido kicks Storm in the gut, gets a power bomb for two. Storm knocks Candido off the top and gets a sunset flip. Candido falls forward for two. Storm gets two on a back elbow, whiffs on a springboard clothesline. Candido snaps off a German for two. Storm blocks a back suplex into another lights for two. Candido cuts him down with a clothesline, pile drives him, goes up top, but Storm crotches him. Candido recovers. He drags Storm to the top. It finishes with a blonde bombshell and an awesome finish to a great match. It was crisp. It was clean. It was hot. It was well-worked. These guys are in-ring studs. No bullshit at all. Just balling out with a couple of nice high spots and an engaged crowd. Candido's just been fantastic. Storm is building a resume. The future of ECW is, again, continuing to develop. Uh, loaded with young, hard-hitting, tight workers killing it, filling up the card. So, Jenny went three and a half. Uh, I really like this match, and Candido keeps rolling on. Dude, another fucking banger. Mm-hmm. I did three and three quarters. Like, yeah, it was great. As mm-hmm. much as I hate Lance Storm's hair, um, <laughs> I, you cannot deny that fucker can fucking go. Like they I think Josh Richter had that same ducktail at some point. <laughs> <laughs> well, I believe that. Um, good chemistry. They're evenly matched back and forth. You know, you never, it was anybody's match really. Like, mm-hmm. I was leaning Candido, but. Really, Storm could have stole it from him easily. That uh, baseball slide and then that dive into the front row. I was sick. Um, good punches, kicks, like the same speed and intensity um, as the previous match. Um, with a really another really good finish. So they really worked their asses off for this one, Matt. Yeah, uh, this was a fantastic match. I went three and a half on it. Uh, Just the thing that really stuck out to me during this was the pacing. I mean, they just didn't stop for 15 fucking minutes. They just kept going and kept trying to outdo one another. And it was fantastic. I mean, it's just uh, the future is very bright for ECW. If we keep getting matches like these, like this every week, like this and the previous one every week. Uh, But you're right, Jenny, uh, Lance Storm absolutely has to do something with that hair because holy shit <laughs> between the jorts and the hair this is a very 90s episode <laughs> yeah, of ECW 90s. hardcore tv there's no shortage of choices but yeah i mean this is just fantastic that super bomb is just such a great move and it it looks great every time it doesn't matter who he hits it on whether it's spike storm anybody so yeah just an awesome match so three and a half for me Storm like leapfrogs Candido and then he bounces and then he jumps and lands on Candido's shoulders, mm-hmm. like with his back to him. Yep. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. They're that, great. They're that's really wild. All right, let's go to our main event, and that is Tommy Dreamer and Beulah McGillicuddy taking off Rob Van Dam yes. and Bill Alfonso. After the break, RVD and Fonzie strut out for their match. RVD grabs a mic. He says this is the most ridiculous match he's ever been in. And he's embarrassed <laughs> to even be at the ECW arena. Joy says, ECW always calls the bluff. If you want to leave, just go. RVD says, Fonzie can either take Beulah out in the match or get in line with the rest of the boys backstage. Tommy comes charging in, hammers at RVD, and knocks him outside. Tommy follows and hot shots RVD on the railing, crotches him on it. Tommy goes up top of the chair, comes down onto RVD on the railing. Back inside, Dreamer next snaps RVD into a chair. His music is still blasting and finally fades as Tommy sets up an open chair. Hits a springboard back elbow. Jeff Jones is our referee. Pulls a chair from Tommy. Tommy sends him flying and hits a DDT on RVD. Tommy goes up top and hits a frog splash. Sabu is back in. 
kicks Tommy. They rattle him with a stereo drop kick into chairs against his head. RVD kicks another chair into his face as Sabu and Fonzie set up a table. Sabu lays Tommy on the table, and him, Fonzie, and RVD all go up top, with RVD and Sabu leaping and putting Tommy through the table. We get quick highlights of the Sandman-Sabu finish as RVD gets a mic and puts himself over, says he has better things to do, tells Fonzie to get this piece of Beulah, and then he can tell him about it later. After a break, Tommy's being taken out by a group of wrestlers and officials. RVD and Sabu are gone, and we have just Beulah and Fonzie in the ring. Fonzie shows Beulah around. Beulah pulls a cookie sheet out from under her shirt, smashes Fonzie with it, and poses in her sports bra. Fonzie is sliced open as Beulah dumps him on the floor. Beulah throws him from rail to rail, shoves him back inside, goes to hit him in the frying pan, but Fonzie hits her low and the leg drops her vagina. The wrestlers at ringside are cheering on Beulah as Fonzie chokes her with his whistle strap. Fonzie slams Beulah. Beulah blocks a suplex and DDTs Fonzie for two. Fonzie whiffs on a clothesline. Beulah nails him with one and then sits on him in the corner, but Fonzie gets up and chops her hard. Beulah has Fonzie's blood all over her as Fonzie goes up top, but she crotches him and falls back into the tree of woe. Beulah drop kicks a chair into his face, which was stiff as fuck. Beulah goes up top. Fonzie walks over to Power Bomber, but she counters with a Rana for the win and huge pop. Tommy and Beulah celebrate as Fonzie's bleeding out and stooging all over the ring. Uh, look, this is basically a squash at an angle. Uh, Tommy has a good offense until Sabu attacks, and that was really well done too with RVD and Sabu as, you know, presented as a lethal team. But the Beulah-Fonzie stuff is legendary. Uh, the fans are super into it. Fonzie finally gets some payback. Beulah lets loose. Awesome atmosphere. Uh, the wrestlers cheering her on. An unexpected war. It's always something new with ECW. Like, just madness. Beulah rocked it. If, like I said, it's a famous match uh, with Fonzie bleeding out. The peak of Beulah at ECW Arena so far. So, Matt went three and a half stars. I think it's a very iconic moment in match. We could talk about kind of what led to it after. But as a as a moment, it's it's pretty top-notch. As a match, it's it's really good. Yeah, uh, this is wild stuff. I went three and a half on it like you two. I mean, just everything about this match was pretty much spot on. Just everything was great. The RVD Dreamer stuff was really well done. Uh, You know, RVD leaving Fonzie to do the dirty work I thought was a nice touch because he doesn't want to get hurt because he's Mr. Monday Night. He's going to be on TV and all that shit. I thought that was really well done. And then Fonzie and Beulah just fucking kill each other. Uh, uh, Fonzie, uh, with an unreal play job, just blood pouring all over his face. Like, Mm -hmm. you couldn't tell he had a face under there. It just looked like red. It was ridiculous. And like you said, it's an iconic moment for... for ECW and it's just it's really well done the crowd is fucking insane for all of this so the finish was great Beulah being able to hit the Rana on Fonzie and even Fonzie did pretty well too I mean he hit the suplex and sold his ass off well I mean he probably wasn't selling he came close to bleeding <laughs> right, right, sake, yeah. but yeah and uh, uh there's some interesting stuff with Fonzie too uh after this I don't know if you were going to get into that regarding the Fonzie backstage stuff yeah, yeah, we could. Yeah, well, let's let Jenny give her thoughts. And then right. can, I wasn't sure if you were going to mention that. So, but yeah, uh, three and a half, just fantastic stuff. I don't know what else it's going to take to get five stars out of y'all because <laughs> she was fucking amazing. Like, Tommy, Tommy, whatever. I don't know, whatever they did, that's fine. But when she pulled that cookie sheet out, I was on the floor. Like, I, they just. They just fucking went for it. Like, they just balled out. Like, every, all of these months, you know? And his face 
covered in blood. The whole ring is covered in blood. She's covered in his blood. He chops her across the fucking chest. Like, they just have a fucking match. I was just dying. And when she hit the Rana and she wins, I was sobbing. I was crying. I cried at the end of this match. Not even lying. I couldn't believe it. Like, I just, it was just, I don't know. I'd never heard of this. I didn't know this happened was not expecting this in any way. I can't believe that Fonzie worked a five-star match. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> uh, legit. Yeah. It was awesome. Like, I can't even... Like, I can't. It was... I loved it. I, I want to see Beulah in more matches. Do you? She... Or is it yes. like, this is... <clears throat> you know. Sometimes no, you I want mean, to just take what you get. No, I, I don't know. Not me. Always push it. I always want more. So, <laughs> what'd you think, Matt? Uh, not what you think, Matt, but what what do you, you want to talk about the backstage stuff? Yes, please. Yeah. So, uh, and maybe you know exactly what it was, but somehow uh, Fonzie was involved with the Todd Gordon thing, and basically, uh, Heyman yeah. was going to fire his ass, mm. but th- this performance saved his job. Because really? It, because it showed his dedication to ECW, bleeding, basically yep. bleeding out for the company. So Paul basically let him keep his job because he was going to be fired. But it's five this, stars. Yeah. That's a job saving match right there from Ponzi. Yeah, he was working with Gordon as part of the mole stuff and all that. But yeah, they, uh, I guess he didn't have the deal. I think Gordon, didn't he actually go to WCW? I guess Ponzi didn't have the same deal. Maybe he was hoping to get one. I'm not sure. I don't know. But, yeah. Uh, but that, that's definitely how it went, for sure. That, that's all I knew with that. This match mm-hmm. saved his career because he just went out there and had this that's fucking insane wild. angle. That's wild. I, yeah. Damn it. <laughs> He's such a big part of like the whole package. For him now. Um, well, really like imagine sucked. him leaving with this like RVD angle going on. Wouldn't be. Yeah. I mean, it would still be great, but he's such a big part of that unit. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I'm trying to look real quick to see if it said exactly. Um. Yeah, it doesn't really. It just says, uh, right, it just he says lost he one third of the blood, blood in his body. <laughs> oh fuck! Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty bad. He was like he like he fell all over those ropes mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. I was like I was like look at him selling but now I'm like oh my god he was he was <laughs> fucking dying. Selling, um, dying. Huh? Same thing. Another part of this is when Tommy comes out at the end. And he's just like hugging on Beulah, and then she goes out and does like the pose. I was, I was a wreck, total wreck. It was good. All right, uh, let's get to our awards. Best match, uh, obviously, I think it's the main event we just talked about. <laughs> yeah. Main event, yes. Mm-hmm. Worst match, uh, Credible Lynn, yep. I guess, which is right. crazy. <laughs> so weird. Nope. Uh, best moment, I went with the Beulah Karana. That was kind of the highlight of everything going on in that chaotic nonsense. She did it so good. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That cookie sheet moment really set off the whole thing. Yeah, though. that was really good, too. It's hard to pick. On uh, most 90s, I just went Jason and then <laughs> Man War. <laughs> the jorts. I mean, Jort. there's yeah. a lot. There's a lot on this episode. Uh, she was wearing that Nike Thing. Yeah, know. yeah, that too. That like Nike yeah. sports bra. Yeah. Sports bra. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, stock rising. I'm incredible. Lynn, Candido, Storm, Beulah, 
And I, I mean, Fonzie, I guess, saved his career. So, yeah. Everybody. What a <laughs> list! Out of yeah, nowhere, that list. You know? Yeah. Fuck it shows the depth that they're building. It does. Right. Uh, stock falling. I didn't have anyone. I don't. Mm-hmm. Everyone delivered on this yeah, show. I didn't either. Fantastic. So we finally we hit it. It was as good as it gets uh, that night because they delivered all this stuff. We had a you know last two weeks of episodes for us, which is like seven weeks of TV, have all been good. Uh, this really blew through the ceiling. Um, this shows mm-hmm. that they still have it in them to deliver like red hot stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would eight and a half out of ten on this. Ooh. I don't know what, you know, there's not much more you could want out of a TV other right. than, like, a major title change or, like, a legit five-star match. Um, you know, like, I I don't know what else really could get you, you know, that this is, like, a pretty near great, perfect TV. Yeah, I'm going nine. Yeah, I think I'm going to do the nine, too. The only episode that I think tops it is the one that had Dreamer Raven, Sabu Taz. Mm. Like, for, it, it's close between this right. one or that one for me. As far as best yeah. one I've seen, I think we had one that was up there too, Jenny. Like I think it might have been for you, Matt. Um, that does sound Demato. right. I think we had one that was like a ten. I think Did we have a ten at one point. I think it was like a, 10 a random ten. It was, it, was, it was like ninety-five. I think we had like a it was 10 like something maybe. about a gimmick though. In that, though. Yeah, this was great. It was a great episode. Yeah, was it, it was really... double dog collar, maybe Pitbulls and Raven and Stevie. Could have been. Is that on? Is that on Hardcore TV? I'd have to look back. I know. I know there was a ten out of ten. I never know whatever shows anything was on ever. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. All right, that'll do it for us. We'll be back in two weeks. We're gonna have another four weeks of TV. We're inching toward November to remember. So we'll see how this one all falls out. Check out everything we have to offer here at North South Connection. Appreciate all of your support here in the new year. Sure, check out uh, NorthSouthConnection.com, the website, as well as our YouTube feed. You can watch more videos like this of our different podcasts and other clips as well. All kinds of social media that we got going on as well. So just keep an eye out. We're we're doing some new stuff. Appreciate you being with us. Check out everything at this feed, as well as PlayStation Wrestling and PlayStation Pop Experience. Stay extreme, and we'll talk to you soon. Like the bone